Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Friday, March 10th, 2023. The weather today will be a high of minus 8 degrees in Edmonton, minus 10 degrees in Calgary, minus 8 degrees in Saskatoon, and 0 degrees in Toronto. Thank you, Evie. What was Edmonton's weather? Minus 8. We are a few days away from beautiful around zeros for okay. the foreseeable future. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining. We are broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time on the Podbean app. If you'd like to come join the live show, download the app, search up the show. But here's the catch. Bring some questions. Bring some questions that you have about real estate investing. We will answer them for free. We'll do it for free. It's free coaching every morning. Tell your friends. Um, when you get those questions answered, uh, immediately that day, take action and move forward. Get closer to your goals. That's the catch. You have to succeed. <laughs> it's not much to ask, is it? Oh, boy. And uh, and if uh, if you can't make the live show, that's totally understandable. Don't Don't miss the show, though. There's lots of great questions that are being answered every day, so... Um, you can listen to the, the recorded uh, podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. Hey. 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 Uh, where is it? Um, big news. Uh, today, today, uh, we crossed over 200,000 downloads on iTunes and Spotify. It's pretty darn cool. Wow, that uh, sound clip needs to have a little warm up. <laughs> Apparently, we haven't used it in a while. <laughs> the horn's a little, <laughs> a little clogged up. <laughs> Goodness, uh, yeah, that's uh, two hundred thousand downloads on iTunes and Spotify. So that was uh, that was pretty cool to see yesterday. Um, so thank you everyone for downloading, and thank you everyone for you know continuing to support the show. Tuning in. Tuning in. Um. I'd love to hear who's joining the live show today. Who, uh, uh, who of our... Who, Spit it out. Where's our beautiful people at? Morning, Listina and Eric. <laughs> Good morning, Leo. Alan's here. John, Elray, Denis, Jagger, Corey, Sheila. We have Matt and Chastin. Good morning to Jeff and Don and Cody. Happy Friday. Good morning, Chris, Joshua. Yeah. Cheers. As Wayne sips his coffee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, today we're going to be talking about the underused housing tax. Who does it apply to? What does it mean? What's it all about? Very excited for that. A few people are as well. <laughs> One person. There's one excited person. <laughs> the person who asked? Yeah. <laughs> like a week ago? That, I, pr- that probably knows more. <laughs> yeah, they probably Googled it by now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to make sure that we had a good understanding of it before we, uh, before we answer. I, re- yeah. I refuse to give basic answers. I refuse to give answers that, that don't help people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what the show is all about, is about giving solid answers. And so that you can take action. It, it, it really is. That's, I, I want to, I don't know, it makes me feel good. And, and it's the right thing to do is I like hearing when someone says, hey, thank you for answering that. I was able to go and accomplish this and get to this. Yeah, for sure. Contribution. It feels amazing. And then the other person, you know, obviously they get a lot of benefit as well. Absolutely. Win-win. So, so um, yeah, we, we found it out. We figured it out. And um, just in time. Because when's the deadline for it? April 30th. April 30th. Oh, I thought it was March 30th. No, gosh. 
Okay, so you, you got some time. Yes. Um, now some other things. Uh, some other things to to brag about, not brag about, but to 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 celebrate. Brag. Yeah, you know what? Go I don't like it. the I don't like the word brag, but I like to practice gratitude, and I like to I like to be thankful um, for our hard work. We went unconditionally sold on two properties yesterday. Yeah, we did. Fist bump. Fist bump. <laughs> so that was really cool. The last one came in uh, what nine thirty last night. Yeah. So it actually was condition removal day for one of the properties. So we were expecting um, that at some point. And the other property wasn't until the 15th. So it came out of left field as a totally welcome surprise. I'll take it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, very happy to see that. Um, now, what do you got going on for today? Uh, well... Getting, getting prepared for tomorrow, big day tomorrow. We have our Edmonton networking meetup. So we got to gather everything we need and get organized and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I've uh, been plugging away on uh, taxes still. So if I have time to get back into that, I'm going to be doing that as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, tomorrow's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I went too. and uh, stopped by the venue uh, yesterday. Everything's looking good. Uh, we're going to have a really good turnout. And... Um, yeah, it's talking with Keaton Kirkwood. Keaton's going to be our special guest. He's going to be doing. Um, he's going to be speaking about financing your real estate deals. Uh, we've also got Calvin Hexter going to be coming and doing a Edmonton market update. Barry McGuire is bringing back tales from the trenches. Um, not going to want to miss it. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be a great, great event. Yeah, I'm excited. And then as well, guys, um, might as well say it, um, and you'll start seeing a lot more of it uh, next week. But uh, we've got our Edmonton Fix and Flip bus tour on April 15th as well. It's just a little over a month away. Lots of people have already uh, registered for it, but we haven't really we haven't really talked about it too, too much. Mm -hmm. But if you want to get in on that, the link there is in the show notes to register. Uh, we're going to be doing, uh, you hop on a bus, an old-fashioned school bus, and uh, we're going to be touring around Edmonton and looking at a bunch of uh, Fix and Flips and Burrs and an infill property. Um, and there's going to be a great little um, meetup afterwards um, for drinks and dinner if you're interested. So mm -hmm. um, that's April 15th in Edmonton. Go register for that as well. Super excited for that. Last it's, year was an absolute blast. It was a lot of fun. It like everything just like went smoothly and it was just so such a great crew. We had two buses full of people and it was, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I have a feeling uh, we've already got one bus full. And we'll fill one more bus. But I feel like once once we actually start posting it, um, it's going to fill right up. Um, so, guys, yeah. if you guys are want, if you've been holding off, please just do it. Because yeah. then you're gonna, I'm going to get all these people like, hey, can can we squeeze anyone else in there? Can I drive? <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, yeah. it's just we got enough space. Yeah, and we have we have people coming from coming up from Calgary. We possibly have some people coming from Vancouver. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's gonna don't don't miss out. Mm -hmm. FOMO. Just sign uh, up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Garrett's in the comments here. He says, all right, what did I miss? All I see is congratulations. If Cody and Liam bought another house, I'll eat my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Garrett, uh, uh, t we, we surpassed uh, 200,000 downloads on iTunes and Spotify. And also, uh, we went unconditionally sold on two houses yesterday. So it was all us. Sorry, Garrett. <laughs> It's us. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and Cody says, uh, another five days, you'll have a property. <laughs> Looking forward to seeing that as well. Um, hey, look at oh, that. Somebody bought a ticket. Look at that. <laughs> Phone just vibrated. Action takers. Love um, it. Okay. And so, all right, tell you what, how about we uh, take a quick little break and then we'll get back into it and we'll talk about the underused housing tax. Let's do it. Sound like fun? So much fun. Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI Properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI Properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right, no sloppy seconds from no DCI. No sloppy seconds. <laughs> so if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory. To get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash Alberta Buyers 
or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. New to real estate? Stuck? Maybe you need quick cash. Wholesaling is a strategy that can fit almost any investor, but it has to be done right. Hi, I'm real estate lawyer Barry McGuire, and I'm here to help. Join me in Calgary on March 18th for a full day deep dive into wholesaling. Space is limited, so reach out to Wayne and Gabby right away for their special offer. And we are back. Hola. Okay. So let's that, th- so so Wayne was a little distracted. That special offer that Barry McGuire was talking about is thirty percent off the wholesaling course if you use the promo code REI Masters. Yes. Sign up today. Yes, ma'am. Okay, you keep an eye on the comments here just in case anyone has any questions. Um, we're going to get right into our topic for today. Um, big news in Canada for real estate investors and Canadian residents who own residential properties. Yes. Um, a few of you guys have been hearing it, mostly from your accountants. Yeah, uh, your accountant-, accountant has likely reached out. Yeah. Uh there's this new thing that they, they released. I, th- I believe it was um, officially announced back in 2021. Yeah. Since the federal budget, uh, federal government announced the new uh, tax as part of the 2021 federal budget. Um, it's officially being launched this year. Uh, it's called the underused housing tax. And here's the basic facts that you're going to need to know. So Canadian citizens and residents who own residential properties should familiarize themselves with the UHTs. UHT is uh, short for underused housing tax. Yes. Uh, various provisions to understand how they may be impacted. Okay. So the tax is generally aimed at non-residents of Canada. So it's not it's not meant for Canadian citizens. However, um, many people may not know that there are situations where the rules could apply to Canadian citizens uh, or Canadian residents. Um, and so generally speaking, Canadians don't have to pay the tax, but they do have to file a return and claim for an exemption. Yes. And they're being super strict about this and saying that if you don't file the return, even if you're exempt, even if you're exempt, they're going to tax you. And it's no, one... they're, they're, they're not going to tax you. They're going to um, penalize you. Oh, is it a penal? Oh, okay. yeah. Sorry. Is it a penal? <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> okay. They're going to, they're going to penalize you. Yep. <laughs> Garbage. That dang government, Go that dang government's <laughs> always just grabbing a hold of you. <clears throat> Go ahead. I don't know where I was. <laughs> you need to file it even if what's you're the, What's exempt. the penalty? So the <laughs> um, penalty is, um, oh gosh, you put me on the spot. It's, it's five. Like $5,000 um, per property for, is it personally owned and 10000 for corporate owned? Yeah, something, something like along. that. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I don't have that information in front of me, but it's a big penalty. Yeah. And it's minimum 5K per property. Can't plead ignorance. Okay. It's everyone is, it's their responsibility to know. And they are doing the best that they can to let every Canadian citizen know. Um, so, what is the UHT? Uh, it's essentially a housing tax imposed by the federal government on people who are non residents where a property is not being used in a certain way. Um, and you can go to, you know, CRA's website to figure out what it is exactly. Yeah. So at the heart of it, if you think about what they've titled it, underused housing tax, it's to make sure that properties aren't being bought up and just sitting vacant. Yeah. They want to make sure that people who are investing in properties in Canada are, they're actually buying them to be utilizing them as, you know, uh, for whatever, for primary residents, for vacation homes, for um, rental properties for th- that they're being occupied. And mm-hmm. so within these guidelines, there's all these different ways that they can be exempt. Like you can have a vacation home 
so long as it's being occupied for a certain number of days in the year. And if it comes down to it, you need to be able to prove that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so who does it apply to? If a non-resident owns residential property and it's vacant or underused, they might owe tax under the UHT. However, the government's efforts to impose the UHT on non-residents can unfortunately also affect Canadians. You can't assume that the UHT only applies to non-residents and you don't have to, and, and like you can't say, like, oh, I don't have to worry about it. If an individual holds residential property otherwise than in their own name, they may be required to file or risk a, a $5,000 penalty. Yep. So just pay attention to what I just said there. Unless if you if you own a property that's not in your own name, so that that that's that's like corporations, yes. right? Um, that could be uh, partnerships, right? Um, now the question of joint ventures is coming into play. Like a lot of people are asking about that, but if your partner owns it in their own personal name, it doesn't yeah. apply. Yeah. So if you have a joint venture and your partner owns it in their own personal name, you're okay. But if you have a joint venture or you own shares in a corporation where the the actual physical property is being held and owned under a corporation and not under someone's personal name, then you would need to file. Does that make sense? Indeed. So, you know, for us personally, Gabby and I, we have multiple properties that we own under our corporations. We have to file for those properties, yeah. but not for our properties that we own under our personal name. Okay. Um. Uh, other areas of concern involving Canadians include farm properties, vacation properties, as you mentioned, held in a trust and trusts that are used as will substitutes. It's mm -hmm. another, see what I mean? Like if, if it's not being held under your personal name, this yeah. is where they're, they're really looking at it. In all these scenarios, tax may not be payable given underlying Canadian ownership, but a penalty will apply if a, if a return, including an exemption claim is not filed. Okay. So, yeah, I own the property. Yes, I have it in some sort of a trust for my kids or the estate. But if you don't fill out the paperwork and claim for an exemption, they're going to penalize you, penalize you. Um, what else? Uh, so who has to file? We've already kind of you know covered this. I just made a bunch of notes. Um, the confusion surrounding the UHT rule stems partly from the fact that there will be some groups that don't have to file at all and some groups that have to file but not pay tax. Individual Canadians who own property directly are excluded owners and do not have to file, as we mentioned. Um, exemptions, it gets more complicated in other ownership scenarios as they will not be excluded owners. As discussed, for indirect ownership scenarios involving a corporation, trust, or partnership where the underlying ownership is Canadian, again, a return is required and an exemption, um, uh, but you have to, you're, you're okay, there's an exemption, but you still have to um, fill out the, uh, the paperwork. And if you are non-Canadian resident, um, you have to file, you have to file the form and you will pay a tax, uh, and it'd be 1% of the value of the property. Um, so it is what it is. You know, they're, they're trying to stop, um, they're putting a ban on foreign buyers. Um, if, if someone, and I don't really quite understand that part of it because there's, there's a ban on foreign buyers, but non-Canadian residents have to pay a tax like is are you are you banned or you're not banned well you're banned but that doesn't mean that you're not already holding properties like you can't go forward and buy new ones okay. right now but you probably like there's a lot of foreign buyers that already own them right okay so and, they're making sure that they're occupied that and, they're being utilized and the question that i need to get answered is you know can um non-canadian residents still join venture or own shares in a corporation hmm. of a canadian property going forward for the next couple of years? Or is it that they just cannot transact directly and purchase a property? That's a great question. I have no clue. Like I haven't dug into that, like that ban and like what it means and everything just because mm. it doesn't affect me. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Any questions in the, in the comments there or statements? No. Wow. Thanks guys. <laughs> 
I mean, an unrelated one. There's <laughs> there's a question, but not on UHT. Yeah. Um, so to summarize for you guys, this is wow. This is the fastest topic ever. That's good because like it's boring. <laughs> Sorry, I, I I I hate this stuff. I I, <laughs> I want to understand it and move on. I don't want to I dig agree. into it because this, I, I totally agree with you because this is management. Yes. This is management stuff and don't get caught up in the management task guys. Like if my accountant says, Hey, this is something you need to fill out. It applies to you. I will be a good soldier and I will fill it out and submit it. But like, I don't need to understand the nitty gritties. And if we didn't bring up this topic on the podcast, that would be probably the extent of how much you would have thought about it. Okay. I got to <laughs> fill this out. I got to save this PDF in this folder. And then next year they're going to ask for it again. And I just got to change a couple fields, the date, you know what I mean? Otherwise, and that's what you guys should, that's the extent of what you guys should be looking into it as well. Figure out if it applies to you, you know, figure out which properties you still need to fill out the form and ask for an exemption, be done with it. It's part of your, you know, your management tasks now. <clears throat> but, you know, the stuff that we love talking about on the podcast is like the the real stuff that's preventing you from taking action, Right. You know, what's those roadblocks? What's those speed bumps that are getting in the way from you, you know, reaching your goals? Yeah. And if you say it's the underused housing tax, I swear to God. <laughs> You're fired. I swear to God. <laughs> no dumb excuses. Okay. So to summarize, if you own property in a corporation, okay, you're going to need to file the form. And you're going to need to file for a claim and exemption. So you can find the forms very easy. Where? Google? Uh, yeah. If you literally just put UHT or, um, yeah, UHT tax in, in your Google search bar, it'll come up on the Canada.ca uh, website. And it's literally just like it, it pops up with a PDF link right there, like two lines down. That was easy. Yeah. Super easy to find. And the, uh, the form itself is um, nine pages, but like a lot of the stuff isn't, is just like information, not necessarily um, stuff that you need to fill out. Actually, I'm just looking at it now and it looks like the last three pages is just additional information. And um, a lot of it as you go through, because, you know, I, I think all of you listening here, maybe not, actually we have listeners, uh, foreign listeners as well, but some of it won't be applicable. Like you can just skip past because it, it won't apply to you. Because really, as we said, this is targeting foreign people, foreign investors who own property and where it's underutilized. So mm -hmm. if you own it in a corporation, it's a rental property, it's occupied, like let's just get this form over with and submitted so that we can carry on with our lives. Yeah. Um, some of it you're just going to be able to blow past and it's not a big deal. Yeah. Okay. So you know a little bit more about this than I do in the form there. What if it is owned by non-Canadian residents and it is being used? Well, that so my understanding is that they'll um, actually, yeah, I'm not sure. It's an underused housing tax, so they're trying to prevent, you know, yeah, buildings think, from being underused. I think that they would be. I think. What, please. What what kind of sections are in there for that form that you need to fill out? Um, well, like the, the first page or two is just like um, personal information is the first page information on the owner. The second page is information on the property, like literally what's the address? Um, what type of property is it? Detached, duplex, triplex, blah, blah, blah. Um, are you a sole owner? Is there joint tenancy, tenants in common, uh, name of the owner slash owners? Um, and then... Uh, there's like a section for multiple residential properties. If you own multiple properties, um, it is it designated as a residential property? Is there a joint election to designate a residential property um, exemption for a primary place of residence? And so now it starts to go through the exemption. So what part okay. of the exemption do you qualify for? Exemption for qualifying occupancy. So that would be like, is it a vacation home that is occupied a minimum of I, I don't know the exact number, but 180 right. days per year. Um, is it, you know, like, it, does it fall under one of those exemptions where it can be occupied part-time? Um, and then there's a page for other exemptions. Um, so let me just see what, like, a couple of those are. Um, 
you're an owner of the residential property who is a specified Canadian corporation in respect of the calendar year. The residential property is not suitable for year-round use as a place of residence. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Uh, the residential property is seasonally inaccessible because public access is not maintained year-round. They've, they've thought of it all. <laughs> the owner died during the calendar year or in the previous calendar year. Um, the construction of the residential property is not substantially completed before April of the calendar year. Um, the residential property is located in an eligible area and is used as a place of residence or lodging by you or your spouse or common law partner for at least 28 days of the calendar year. So these all, there's all these situations. I just read a small handful of them, but there's all these situations that can make it exempt even if it is owned in a corporation. Okay. And then there's like a fair market value section, calculation of t payable tax. So once you get through it, then it's just like little snippets here and there to plug so it, some stuff in. So it's not so much about non-Canadian residents owning it. It's more about just making sure that it's being utilized? Yeah, I, I guess so, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think most of the headlines were kind of, you know, saying this targets non-Canadian residents. Um, and there's there's a penalty, but I think I think we're kind of mixing up the foreign buyers tax and the underused housing tax. That's my that's my interpretation of it at least. Yeah, well, I guess yeah, I I think that you're right, and I think that this is more of how to exempt yourself. This form is like saying I declare that I am exempt, mm -hmm. right? Whereas if you are a foreign bu uh, buyer and the house is underutilized, uh, the accountant will probably just say you are paying tax. You do not need to fill out an exemption form. Right. You are this is going to be taxed. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So how many people on the live show own properties in a corporation? Anyone? <laughs> you will at some point. Right? I think everybody's yeah. going to get to that point at some point. Because unless, of course, all of your, your properties are owned um, or carried by your joint venture partners. Um, you will cap out on mortgages eventually and then own properties in a corporation. Yeah. Cody says not last year, but I do this year. So he'll need to fill them out uh, next spring. Yeah. Uh, a few people have asked, uh, how does this apply to, you know, houses that you're owning short term in a corporation? Say, for example. Like a flip. Like a flip. If you're buying a property in a corporation for a short period of time and planning on selling it, um, it you do not have to fill it up. Okay, so you're okay. Indeed. Um, I will ask though, what if you bought a flip in November and it stayed on the market a little longer than what you thought? I and this is just this is just my own speculation and based on the very brief conversation we had about it with our accountant. But I think that I I think that as long as you haven't held the property for like i'd say that if you've held it for over 12 months that you might need to like actually fill out the form for an exemption because then it's like I, again i'm just speculating i don't know but like he said without any issue that like no all like your flip properties he and he knows that like we bought a bunch of them in a different year and are being sold in a different year and that sort of thing and he didn't he's like no those ones are all good don't need to worry about those so that would be my guess is that if if it's like a really long flip and or you're having trouble selling it or whatever it may be you might need to actually file for the exemption just to prove that the intention is that it is a flip and you could prove that if need be mm -hmm. yeah um someone asked what is the money that is being the taxes that are being um, claimed or, or taken uh, by the government used for. I mean, we can make jokes about lobster dinners and stuff like that, but all this stuff is, you can find this stuff online. Yeah. I, I just don't have the time to do it while I'm on a live show, but it's a good question. Anytime they propose anything like this in the federal budget, they normally say what it's going to be used for. Yeah. And it's allocated to some fund that they already have, you know, already existing, or they create a new fund that's going to be used for something specific. Um, 
you know, same thing with like the, a lot of people, like they were bitching and complaining about the carbon tax and like, where's all this money going for, or where's it going to just go on Canada's website. It says it right there. Yep. It says exactly what it's being designated to. What percentage is going to this? What percentage is going to this? What percentage is going to this? And, you know, whatever opinions you have on, on climate change and, and, and the, the, the climate action plan. Um, but a lot of this stuff, we, we can make jokes about it. But at the same time, if you are genuinely curious, just, just go and look up the 2021 federal budget. It's in there somewhere. Yeah. I think that if we're going to complain about anything that the government is doing or proposing, that we should be educated. We should follow along, read the policy, know the policy, understand where the money's going, and then complain with an with an educated reasoning as to like this is bullshit because Mm -hmm. you know um and and that wasn't um a jab at you writer in the comments um that was just since wayne was mentioning that i think that that's important because you know i mean here in canada we well i'm sure across the world but like in in (laughs) berta especially um, you see so much of it on social media and it's just like, it's, it's crazy. And, but there's, there's never anything like backing towards it. It's just complaining. Oh, it's, it's always uneducated. There's never proof. There's never links. There's never anything. It's just complaining. Not saying I agree with everything, but like when yeah, there's no. questions like that and there's like, where is this even going? And it's like, it took me 45 seconds to find it online here. That's yeah. where it's going. Yeah. But how do you actually know it's going there? Yeah. Let's see the statements. Yeah. Do you even know how to read a statement? <laughs> Come on. You know what I mean? Like, look it up, check it out first, then complain about it. And that's what we do. You know, we, okay, this is where they say it's going. Is that the best place to be putting it? Probably not, but whatever. I mean, <clears throat> if you want to be changed, you know, go and get some education and, and, and run for a position. You know what I mean? Or get a position and, and, and those, in government and, and start making some changes on, you know, how they handle the financial budget. I don't know. I mean, or we just sit at home and complain. It just seems like a waste of time when there's other things that we could be working on, like taking action. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to understand stuff like this on a, on a micro level, you know? us peasants sitting down here with our pitchforks and torches and like, Oh, it's a bad, terrible idea. But like, you know, they're looking at things on a macro level. It's very hard to make change on a macro level. You know what I mean? So they have to put, you know, policies in place and plans in place at all, you know, and hope that it kind of trickles down, but it's, uh, no one's ever going to be happy. Yeah. So it is what it is. But just try not to complain about things that you can't control, right? And if you do have control over it, if there if there is a way for you to to make change, then then go and be the change if it means that much to you, right? But I, I will find out what the uh, the underused housing tax is actually being used for. Um, yeah, you're gonna dig into that. I'll try and find it okay. I'll, after the show today. I'll look it up. I'm I'm interested. I'm gonna make a note of that. Okay. No. Um, yeah. I mean, nobody else is going to get it, then I'll get it. Yeah. Uh, he said he tried and he couldn't find anything, so that's why he's asking. Uh, I'll have to go to like the, the, the 2021 federal budget. Um, um, so was there another question as well? Yes. Uh, We're changing topics. We're ready. Um. No, not really. I just wasn't sure if there's anything else to add onto this. Oh. Oh, uh, Chris said, I wonder if uh, the government or banks can confiscate and acquire underused properties for not paying the tax. Um, I, that's a good question. I mean... There's probably some fine print in there, but my, my assumption would be that it would just be tax evasion and you just go to jail instead. Yeah. And it'd be a different kind of penalizing. Wayne. What? Inappropriate. Is it? Yeah. I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now can we move on? You want to go to jail for tax fraud? I mean, jeez. <laughs> Sheesh. 
I got, did I just get deja vu? Have I said this recently? This exact same joke? I don't know. Yes, you have. Wow. Yeah. Or did I just. And I tried to change the subject then too. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to change the subject. What do you want to talk about? Uh, Mr. C has a question. He asks. Is it natural for sellers or realtors to ask for proof of funds? If someone's starting off wholesales, how do they show a soft proof of funds? Though for a hard proof of funds, can get buyers proof of funds and maybe put a contingency on the initial contract to provide within 10 days? But how do we start off if asked? Um, Generally speaking, on residential property, they don't really need to see proof of funds. They would just... At that point. At that point. Yeah. Um, Because normally what you'll do is you'll write a conditional offer uh, subject to a home inspection and subject to financing. So they will require a a deposit within normally standard is is four days. So you'll have to put a deposit down, which kind of shows your seriousness. But I find in residential real estate in Canada, most people are putting like on average $5,000 down. So you don't really need to show, you know, um, your large down payments or whatever, unless of course, like, I mean, like it can be requested, but it just doesn't get requested. Now with multifamily in Canada, it's completely different. And a lot of cases, multifamily owners who put something on the market, I mean, that thing is sitting on the market for years because wholesalers come in and they're like, you know. They lock up the deal and they'll lock up the deal for what? How many days? 60 days, 90 days, right? And then they try and wholesale the multifamily deal. And and I don't know, like new new wholesalers and you see new new guys come into the game all the time, right? And they'll lock up deals and then, you know, they don't find a buyer and then they just, you know, they don't waive their conditions. Um, and then they just walk away from it. They get the deposit back. Well, if you were a multifamily owner, and that was happening to you, you'd be pretty freaking pissed that you, they tied up your property for three months, right? And this stuff happens all the time. Um, you know, and it's it's normal for a property to be tied up like for that long because there's just diligence needs to be done. Financing takes longer. The inspection takes longer, right? Um, so it's, it's, it's very normal for these to be locked up for a long period of time. But when wholesalers are doing it just so that they can go and sell it for more, it's extremely disrespectful and annoying for a multifamily owner. So in some cases, they do want to see proof of funds or, you know, a lot of brokers want to see proof of funds before they even consider it. You know what I mean? So yeah, before not- they'll take you seriously and like bring you deals and stuff, they want to know that you're going to be able to actually close and that you're not just... Well, yeah, that's like broke. Well, I say that about brokers is because real estate brokers, they they don't want to go and take you around town and and touring all these properties and stuff if you don't even have money. Right. Yeah. So a lot of um, bigger brokers, they want to see that you have cash. Show them a statement before they even take you seriously, not just sending you deals, but also taking you to deals like it's. You know what I mean? It's a huge waste of time because people think, oh, I want to buy a multi. And, and someone said, if you know, if you find the deal, the money will uh, will come to you. If you build it, they will come. Uh, you know, and you just end up wasting people's time and, and, and stuff. So, yeah. But can we go back to the residential? Yeah, sure. Um, because, you know, like Wayne said, it's uh, not common at all, at l- like at least here in Alberta. I don't know if that differs province to province. And um, maybe if there's any listeners in different provinces, you can speak to this in, in your province. But um, we have never been asked to show proof of funds. And we've closed on properties with uh, regular financing. We've closed on properties with cash. Um, and like never has somebody said, show me the money, mm-hmm. like never. So uh, that's not to say that it wouldn't be justifiable and that it would never happen. I think that it would probably be a great question to ask um, because, you know, at the end of the day, if somebody comes in and they say I'm paying cash and then all of a sudden like last minute they, you know, can't close or they back out or whatever the situation may be. Um, yes, they're legally bound by, you know, that contract and you can sue them for your losses and all that kind of stuff. But do you want to end up there or would you rather just say, can you show me the proof of funds so that you know, and you're secure 
that it's going to close, mm-hmm. right? So I don't think that, I think that they can, sellers absolutely can, or the seller's realtor absolutely can say, you know, show, show us proof of funds, but it's just not common. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. Um, there was a follow-up question. Um, someone asked, who holds the deposit on a wholesale deal? Um, the seller's realtor and trust? If, if it's on So a- he, he, he uh, meant to say the seller's lawyer, not the seller's realtor. Okay. Yeah. Um, it can be the seller's lawyer. It can also be your lawyer in trust. Yeah. Um, it can whatever. be if they, if they have a realtor. If you've bought it on market, if you've locked it up on market as a wholesaler, it could be the seller's realtor. It can be any professional. Mm-hmm. It, there's no like hard, fast rule. It's if there's nobody involved and it's just you and an off-market seller, it can be one of your lawyers. If one of you has somebody picked out. You can give yeah. it to the seller if you want. Yeah. I wouldn't. <laughs> Not advisable, but. Yeah. Um, We've we've given off market sellers uh, money for various things ahead of time based mm-hmm. on trust, just to make things move things along, make them happen. Um, but yeah, there's definitely risk there. Well, do you want to go over the risk? Sure. Me personally, yeah. Uh, they they could say I didn't receive it and walk away with it. <laughs> yeah. If you hand them did, cash. <laughs> did you give them a receipt? Did they give you a receipt? Yeah. Um, or or just. Um, they just don't give it back and you say, well, you have to legally. And they're like, make me, make me. (laughs) And so you have to make them. And for whatever your deposit is 5,000 or 10,000, now you got to go get a lawyer and take them to court for it. Yeah. And that's going to cost you money. And time. And time. And bandwidth. And bandwidth, which is important too. I'd say it's more valuable than money. Yeah. Bandwidth. Um, do you really want to go through all that headache? Um, now Gabby mentioned that we've done it in the past, but it was based off trust, right? And, and sometimes if you've got a really amazing deal and something's about to happen, let's say for example, like a, a seller's about to miss a payment or, mm-hmm. um, maybe they're about to miss their last payment before it goes into foreclosure and you need to save that deal. Sometimes... Um, it's worth it to give them the money or to make that payment for them so that the deal actually happens. But, you know, there's just lots of things you can do. Like you can write an agreement, you can write an email and have them respond to it, right? Yeah. Just, just to cover your butt. Yeah. Um, now it's not going to protect you if they change their mind, right? You will have to take them to court, but if it's a really amazing, like smoking deal, you know, and you feel that this thing's going to go through and you can trust these people and they're going to do everything you're supposed to do, then, you know, I'll, you be the judge whether it's it's worth it to to put that money into it. I've talked to many successful real estate investors and they've all got at least one story like this where they're like, yeah, one time I did that. I know I shouldn't have, but like, yeah, I was going to make a killing. So it was worth it. Yeah. So um, if if I can just tell a quick little story. Mm -hmm. So we had an off-market deal um, for a flip and the seller um, was trying to nail down a rental to move into. And so we had like a a TBD on our possession date because we were waiting for him to be able to find somewhere to move to. And so, um, you know, he, he finally found a place and said, okay, I can move on this date and that's when we can do possession and like, let's get the ball rolling, except he didn't have money for his deposit and first month's rent to actually secure the rental and be like, okay, this is, this is done. I'm lease is signed. Payments are made. Like, let's go. So we actually got a bank draft and made him a payment to be able to, um, lock up his rental to be able to move. Um, I can't remember, like, I think probably around 2000, I, I can't, I can't quite remember, but we, so it was a bank draft. So it was like documented. We didn't hand him a stack of cash within an envelope and say, here you go, buddy. Was um, it an unconditional offer as well? Had yes. It gone unconditional? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we got a bank draft. We, uh, gave it to him. We got him his, uh, his acknowledgement that he received the funds in writing, and um and we carried on because like you know for what we were going to make and for the deal that we got and for all things in consideration that 2000 was like 
if if shit went down, it, it that was a risk we were willing to take. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise he would have been hooped. He didn't have any way to get that money until his house sold. Right? Yeah. So it was kind of like a um yeah, I don't know. And and I trusted him. Yeah. Though I didn't know him very well. It just you can just get a good feeling for someone in their in their um intentions. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. Any other, uh, comments in the, uh, uh, Matt says, I always have my lawyer hold it. Yeah. And it doesn't like, and sometimes people get caught up in like, oh, well, I want my lawyer to hold it, not your lawyer. But like, what you always need to come back to is that like lawyers are bound by the law. And if you pay it to your lawyer and you're, you know, you're the buyer or the wholesaler and you pay it to your lawyer and then you don't fulfill your obligations, your lawyer isn't going to be like, oh, well, you get your money back. Like they're going to be, they're going to act within the law and say, well, no, you were to act on such and such and such and you're not obligated to receive it back. Mm -hmm. Like, like, I mean, and if they were, if they were to do something shady, then they would be reported. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, you know, a professional is a professional in these circumstances. And I'll just go back to say that, like, your lawyer can hold it. Their lawyer can hold it. Your realtor can hold it. Another person, their realtor can hold it. Like, as long as it's held in a third party professional's account, you're good. Mm -hmm. Doesn't need to be overthought. Okay. Well, I'll tell you guys, uh, tonight, uh, today might be uh, an early show. You, the, yeah, when you say that, then it's like all of a sudden we're 20 minutes over. <laughs> Tonight might be the day. We, I honestly thought the underused housing tax would have would have uh, got a lot more questions. But, you know, if everyone has a good understanding of it, then then that's good news. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Just fill out the paperwork and and do what you do. But today is Friday, though. And um, after last Friday... I'll admit I was a little, dare I say, unimpressed with the amount of action that was taken on Monday. Just, just saying. Just, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just, just saying. A lot of us, we were here to do something, right? We're here to change. We're here to um, better ourselves. We get up early every morning. We go to these events. We take these courses. The whole reason is to is to get ahead from wherever it is you are, whatever stage you're at. And um, I'd say the most common um, reasons for not taking action or the most common time that you don't take action is, is normally because I got work and I got family and stuff like that. A lot of that falls under the Monday to Friday for most of us. Some of us work on weekends. Um. So for those of you that don't work on weekends and, you know, you're debating about whether to, you know, binge watch a show or go to the mountains or go to the lake, whichever, um, consider doing something this weekend, anything, anything getting you closer to, to your goals. Um, we are halfway through March, just about halfway through March. Mm-hmm. 2023 is slipping away. I don't know if you guys noticed it is slipping away. And uh, the the last thing I want to hear is someone saying in December, I can't believe 2023 is over. I, I should, I told myself I was going to do so much more. Right. So whatever it is that you're not doing that you said you're going to do, do it this weekend. If you need help, if you need accountability, write it down in the comments right now or email us at info at REI morning show. And and say, hey, I'm going to do this this weekend. Can you please check in on me on Monday? I'll do that for you. Not a problem. Just tell me what it is that you're going to do, and I will hold you accountable. I will make you feel so bad on Monday. (laughs) I'm not. I'll probably just give them the old, like, classic, like, I'm not angry at you. Just disappointed. I'm just disappointed. I'm unimpressed. (laughs) Right? And not looking for accountability is the internal voice inside our head saying, 
this is the excuse in case you don't get it done. Like nobody's going to know. It's okay. Just stay comfortable. It's okay. We got this. If that's Um, that's what you want. Yeah. I have a feeling that's not what people want though. Well, exactly. That's why I'm bringing it up. I have a feeling that people just want things to fall in their fucking lap. 100%. I want a better life and I just don't want to do anything. Or I want a better life and I just want to find an easier way. There is no easy way. Hard work. Just hard work. Or hard stuff. Failures, learning, growth. It's not, it's, not like, it's not like hard work. It's not like lift it up and put it over here. You know what I mean? It's not like dig the hole, fill the hole. No, it's like hard stuff. Stuff that you deem to be hard. It's like going to the gym. It's not really all that hard. Like you don't have to work out too, too hard. You can go on a on a bike for an hour. But nobody wants to go drive all the way to the gym to go on a bike. You just don't want to do it. It's 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 hard to do because your body doesn't want to do it. You'd rather do the stuff that you like doing or you'd rather sit in the spot that you'd like to sit in. So I, I get it. It's hard. But if you don't do it, you're not going to get anywhere. And you're going to hate yourself more for it. And you're going to be in this constant perpetual state of sulking and unhappiness until finally you get to the moment where you can't fucking stand yourself anymore, where you're so unfucking happy that you just say, fuck. And then you finally do something. We were just talking about that in uh, my women's mastermind group on Wednesday about, um, you know, there were some people with some similar goals and some people who had, um, you know, finally taken the action that needed to be done. And uh, the question was asked, like, what, why, when did you finally make the decision? And the answer was, I was just so sick of myself. That is the number one thing that I hear before someone does anything big. Yeah. I was at rock bottom. I was so sick of myself. I was, yeah, couldn't stand myself anymore. What I hate is that you have to get to that spot before you actually make it like yeah. a big impactful decision or form of action. That's the bad part is that for those of you that are comfortable, that have a reasonable wage, who have um, a reasonable marriage, a reasonable life, you'll never reach it. You'll never go and, and reach for anything more because you're never unha- you're never that unhappy or unfulfilled. You'll sulk, right? You'll be like, oh God, I wish I had this. Why can't I be more like this? Does it sound familiar? Yeah. I just, I, for those of you that say things like that, I just want to come up from behind and just want to, I want to pull the rug. You know what I mean? What, what, I, And I think that someone would appreciate it too. <laughs> I wish someone would just fucking come down here and pull the rug from underneath me so that I can appreciate or not appreciate, appreciate what I don't have. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, I, I hope that, I hope that little. Um, little discussions like this on Fridays, you know, maybe, maybe it's that one time, maybe it's that one, it's the way that it was said was that one time that you just finally said, you know what, he's absolutely right. I am a pathetic piece of shit. Fuck this. I'm not doing this anymore. Fuck. He's right. And I've, I've heard a few times where people have reached out and be like, hey, you know that episode you did in 2021 in November? There was something that you said there and it just completely changed the way I looked at things. And I went and I did this. So I, I just do this basically for that. For the, the sole purpose of that is that maybe this might be the moment that you have that you realize that you've been saying that you deserve better and you do deserve better. And and today might be the day that you say, fuck it, and you actually go in and do something about it. And we're right here to support you. You're not going to fall hard. Don't worry. You're going to fall. You're not going to, you're going to, you're going to get an owie. You're going to scrape your knee. It's not going to be that bad though. Um, 
but it's when you get back up is, is what really, what really matters. What do you do when you get back up? Right. How hard do you just go back to what you were doing before? Or do you just say that I'm, this is never going to happen to me ever again? Mm-hmm. I just, I just hope that it doesn't have, I, I, I don't want it to be a rock bottom. You know what I mean? I hate rock bottoms. Yeah. No one should ever have to go to rock bottom in order to change their life. I know that, that more often than not, that's what happens. But I hate seeing people experience rock bottom. And I don't like the fact that people have to experience that in order to make a dramatic change in their life. Damn comfort zone. It fucks everything it's a up. fucking son of a bitch. Yeah. So if you're unhappy, just say fuck it and 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 change. You know it needs to be done. It's kind of like it's kind of like we all know how to get a six pack. It's the best example to compare to. We all know how. If you don't know how, there's there's no excuses because we're right here to answer your questions, right? We all know how to do it. So you just got to make the decision that you want it that bad and go and do it or go and ask the right people for help. I, I, I would be so happy. I would be so impressed <laughs> if someone came back on Monday and said, I called everybody I knew and I found three joint venture partners and I got a conditional offer accepted on a property. That can happen in a weekend. That can totally happen in a weekend. There's like, 72 hours. Yeah. That can totally happen. You just got to want it bad enough. Yeah. And, and the feeling of accomplishment from that, from something like that, you know, when you do something that amazing, that miraculous, that once you've done it, it's like, wow, if I can do that, what can I do next weekend? Well, and it's that momentum, right? It's those wins that really like that continue to push you forward. I mean, like I think about like, this is just such a small example, but I think about yesterday, like I woke up not feeling life. Like I was in a pit and I didn't know why I was trying to kind of sit with myself and figure out what's going on. Like, get yourself out of this. Like, this is silly. You got shit to do. Let's go. And all day, just in a bad mood, not feeling it. Mm -hmm. And those two unconditional offers um, or uh, condition removals came through. And I was like, a win. Like, I needed a win. And I woke up today being like, fuck yeah. We removed conditions on two properties yesterday. Like, let's go. Mm -hmm. Like, let's do shit today. It's, It's the momentum. It's sometimes you just need a win to be like, okay, it's working or okay, I can do this. I did it. Look, I did it. I can do it again. And then ride that wave. And then baby. Ride, ride it. Don't wave. let it don't let that fire dim. Don't blow it out. Don't let the wind protect it. <laughs> and just keep going. Don't give up, guys. Okay. We're here. If you're feeling down, let us know. Send us an email. I don't like I, I'm here. We're here. And every single one of you is capable. Every single one of you is capable. Everybody's got some dumb excuse, but every single one of you is capable. If you don't feel like you're capable, you are. Everybody started not knowing. Everybody started with zero experience. And everybody started with, 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 with not all the resources that they needed, but they found them. If you haven't already signed up and you're in the Edmonton area, make sure you come on out to the Edmonton networking event uh, tomorrow, the REI Masters networking event. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hope to see you guys there. Um, there's a there's a there's a lounge there as well, and there's a Boston Pizza in the same parking lot. I think we're probably going to go to Boston Pizza afterwards. Um, still working out to see if we can get a bit of a, a reservation or something along those lines. So, if you guys want to, you know, when you come to the event, if you guys want to come have a pint or a schooner. Or uh, what do they call those team pitchers afterwards? Um, or a water. <laughs> or a water, whatever. A tea, can, Iced tea, I, ginger yeah. ale. Yeah. Um, a Fanta. Then uh, come on out afterwards. Um, but we'll, we'll let you guys know when we're there tomorrow. But we're very excited to see everyone. And 
we are very excited to see what everyone accomplishes this weekend. Please um, do it for yourself. Don't do it for me. Do it for yourself. Do it for, do it for yourself. Okay. We'll see you guys on Monday. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.